Welcome to Cafe Grit. My name is Beth Ann Campbell, and I'm the author of Where the Hell is My Bacon, a book about shitty corporate leadership and fried pork. I've worked in the corporate world now for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. I open Cafe Grit as a place where you can join me in figuring out how to make your career life better, whether it's finding your voice at your current job, pursuing something entirely different, or working for yourself. This is a place to go when you've got the hankering for purpose, a taste for fulfillment, and you're tired of living the rat race. Thanks for stopping in. Cafe Grit is now open for service. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Cafe Grit. I'm your host, Beth Ann Campbell. Thanks so much for joining today. How is everybody doing? Are you hanging in there? Are you making it happen, working it, dealing with all the bullshit? Well, I hope you are. I, I'm doing pretty well. I've got a lot of shiny coins coming at me, and I'm planning for a trip um, up north next week. I'm kind of happy about it because it's a literal kiln here in the southeast United States, and I do not do hot and humid very well, so I'm looking forward to going up north where it's a little bit cooler, a little bit cooler overnight, and it's not so icky and sticky. There, It's just... You know, I live in a forest too, and there are a lot of bugs when you have foliage. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I, I, I really, I really miss the days of having a wide open field. Um, our last house was very open, and there was always a nice breeze, and there just weren't a lot of bugs. And I, I do miss that because there's, and and the more south you get, the bigger the bugs are too. So that's not good. But I digress, as I will often do in this podcast. I'm not even sure in the end it'll be about real talk about careers, corporate life and finding fulfillment, it might just be just me talking about stupid shit. But anyway, um, we are going to actually talk about something today. This is going to be part one of a two parter, I want to go back to the um, hiring process. So um, job application and interviews, and getting hired, because I know a lot of people are going through this right now. With COVID-19, there were a lot of layoffs and and people are, are looking for jobs right now. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to tell you a story about a friend of mine who just got hired into a company at the end of last year and kind of the experience that she went through that I think um, is is pretty common. And then in the next episode, we'll dive a little bit deeper into some of this bullshit that happens in the job search uh, process. And, you know, can we make it better? Can we fix it? I don't know. But the first step to fixing it is calling it out. Um, and I, that's what this podcast is all about. So we're going to do that. Okay, so let's just kind of dive right in. We'll get into Mr. Peabody's Wayback Machine. We'll go back if you remember, if you haven't been here in a while, what it was like when you first um, were interviewing for a job. And we'll kind of start from there. Do you guys remember Mr. Peabody and Sherman? I think that was from the, the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. Oh, my God, great show. Anyway, um, to kind of set up where my perspective is, I haven't done a lot of job hunting in the last uh, two decades, but I was in a hiring manager position in one of my previous jobs. And this was almost continual for about five years. I brought in maybe six um, employees and somewhere in the realm of 15 to 20 contractors for project work. So I was not HR. I was the person to whom these people um, reported ultimately, but I did a lot of the work, probably work that HR does for some companies. Like I wrote up the position, I, um, I did the phone screenings, I did interviews, onboarding, all that kind of stuff. So 
that's kind of the perspective of where I'm coming from. Maybe I'll have a little insight then as to this whole process, but probably not because I still think it's pretty bullshit. Okay, so let's talk about um, my friend. Um, I'm going to call her Ruby Scooby. That's not her real name, of course, um, but it's my podcast. I can name people whatever I want. So I think Ruby Scooby is a pretty good name. Maybe for a dog. I don't know if I would name a, a, a daughter Scooby, but I like Ruby. I think Ruby's going to make a comeback. Anyway, um, so Ruby was hired last year. Um, and um, her experience, again, is pretty common, pretty typical. It might not be exactly what you've gone through, but I think you'll recognize some things in here um, that she went through. So she applied for a position at a company. We'll call them Company A. Um, probably should have thought of a better name than that, but I'm, I do get lazy with names sometimes. Um, I thought Ruby Scooby was pretty good, but anyway, so she applied for a job at company A. She went through LinkedIn and she didn't hear anything from the company. Um, no HR rep called her. Um, she didn't um, get any notification that her application was received. Now she did get with LinkedIn, something that said that it had been sent, but she didn't know if it had gotten there. I mean, it's, I, I work in tech, so I know, you know, it's sometimes it's hit or miss. Um, and you just want something to confirm, hey, did it reach its destination? Is it sitting out in a server having a cup of coffee somewhere? Did it die a slow death in the bowels of the internet? But she got nothing. So about a week after she applied, she did get a call from an HR rep from the company, and they wanted to set up a quick phone call. I believe this is what in my world I would have called a phone screening. So it's basically just a chit chat. You cover some of the basic stuff in the position, expectations. You make sure the person's still interested, that kind of thing. I'm going to bet that they probably already screened her a little bit through her resume and maybe her LinkedIn profile. That's what I would have done. Um, you can, you just, you weed out the people that are clearly unqualified. It's not to be mean, but some, you'd be surprised and you, you look for red flags too. Like I remember once for one of my contractor positions, I got two resumes for the same position, different names, completely different names, but they were identical. So it was like somebody had copied them. So you look for stuff like that. But Ruby, no, nothing, nothing going on there. So she had the call with the rep a few days later. At the end of the call, you know, she's told, hey, someone will be in touch with you in a few days on next steps. Um, Of course, it wasn't a few days. It was almost a week before she got contacted again. But she's a rock star, right? So she's she's good. Um, She's really smart. And so she moved to the next stage. She was going to do the formal interview. Um, They scheduled this for the following week. So the day comes for the interview. Um, Ruby's all prepared. Of course, she's because she's like me. That's probably why we get along so well. Um, pretty anal retentive um, planner. Um, you know, she's got the fresh copies of the resume, you know, the questions. And she's, you know, pretty confident. So she's not really worried about this. So there were a few people at the interview. The hiring manager, that's the person that Ruby would report to. There's the division manager. That would be the boss of the hiring manager. And I will say in my case, um, when I did interviews, my boss often sat in. It was no big deal. He was he was great and he had a, um, a good, you know, different perspective. It wasn't anything like he didn't trust me. He just um, sometimes he wouldn't, sometimes he wasn't, wouldn't. And then there's also an HR rep in this call probably to make sure that the other two didn't fuck it up. And I say that sort of jokingly. When I was doing interviews, I almost never had an HR person in there. But I know a lot of people do. Um, and, and 
honestly, there's probably good reason for that. I don't think it's always just lack of trust. I do remember hearing a story and I don't remember if it was my job. It's like a specific incident where I was working or if it was just one of those urban legend things. But the story was is that the interviewer was making notes in the margin of the resume um, and just trying just little notes to just help remember some of the points and some things about the candidate. So like, for example, if there was a, a, a guy with a big mustache, they would write mustache in, in the margin just to remember what the candidate looked like. So there was apparently a woman who had some very distinct or large or memorable jewelry. So he wrote abbreviated J-E-W in the margin. Well, she saw that she ended up not getting the job and she made some assumptions which weren't exactly true. But, you know, how do you justify that when you write Jew in the the margin of your uh, resume of your candidate and then they don't get the job? then you got to go back and look. And, and so, you know, that was, it was not ugly or it, it was ugly. It was not a good situation. Okay. So, you know, maybe there's a reason for HR to be in the room. So um, Ruby's at this interview. It lasted a couple hours and she said it was mostly cliche interview questions. So you know exactly what I'm talking about here. What's your greatest strength? Um, what's your biggest weakness? Oh my God, the worst where do you see yourself in five years? Or um, why should we hire you? I don't know, motherfuckers, maybe you shouldn't. But this is just a standard shit that you find if you Google most popular interview questions. And I know this because one of my few job adventures that I went on, I did actually Google, Google, I Googled most popular interview questions. And I just went through them one time to just, you know, make sure I was fresh in my answer. And the interview was about an hour long. And Every question except for one was on my list. So there you go. You're welcome. Um, so the interview was over. Um, Ruby did very well. Like I said, she's awesome. I wouldn't be friends with her if she wasn't. Um, so then it's about a week later, the hiring manager calls and wants Ruby to come in for another interview. So apparently this time it was um, the department director and then one of the VPs, I think an associate VP um, wanted to, to meet. So it's the end of the second interview. And um, she's told that, you know, hey, we'll have a decision by like the end of the next week, something like that. Um, and I'm sure that they, you know, they do need to wrap up interviews and make a decision. I, I don't blame anybody for that. That's fair. Um, there's no shame in the game. That's just how it goes. You do have to wrap up stuff before you make a decision. So Ruby was actually pretty happy about this. She really wanted this job. Um, in spite of the fact that the whole process just takes a fucking lifetime. She's, she knew, she knew she was one of the top candidates. Um, she had a really good feeling, maybe even the top candidate, the hiring manager seemed really cool. The culture seemed like a really good fit. Um, she knew a few people that worked at the company and they said good things about working there. And um, I think one of them even gave some feedback maybe to the hiring manager. So she knew that this was going to be a good gig and she really wanted to get out of her, her current job. I mean, it didn't like horribly suck or anything, but um, it wasn't very challenging. And she was just want, looking to get, do something different. She'd been in in a while and um, she was pretty sure that this was the company for her. However, like I said, Ruby's a pretty smart woman. This is not her first goat rodeo. So while company A is working through the, all the bureaucracy and the analysis paralysis, um, she's, she's applying to other companies. She's submitting applications and she's going on interviews with other companies. 
So three weeks after this second interview, Ruby accepted a position at another company. Yeah. Yeah, she never heard back from anybody at Company A. Um, no yes, no no, uh, no thank you for your time. Um, she did hear that they threw the grapevine from one of her friends at the company that, you know, maybe it was pulled because of funding. They had to get through the fiscal year, which was just a couple months away and, and would probably be reposted. I mean, who knows? But, you know, she might have waited if she had known. I mean, this is really where she wanted to work. Um, it had a good reputation as a great place to work, a place you could retire from. Um, but when you don't hear anything for nearly a month, I mean, what do you do? You know, she had to she had to do something and she got another pretty good offer and she took it up. She didn't want to let it go. So when we look at this, like start to finish, it was over two months. It was actually about nine weeks from when she first applied to the, the company and when she accepted the offer from the other company. And that's over two months. And that's not uncommon. And by the way, also not by any stretch, the worst case scenario, because I can tell you in my own household, three months, four months is, um, is not unheard of. In fact, it's actually not uncommon. Okay, I want to stop here for now and, and, and ponder this for a little bit. So in the next episode, like I said, we're going to dive into the process, try to figure out why it's so cumbersome and doesn't make any sense. And it just takes fucking lifetime. And again, I don't know that we're going to have any answers there, but the first step is to call it out um, because it is bullshit and it's something that a lot of people go through. But for now, I want I want you to just think about it and I want to hear from you. I want to hear your stories about this whole process. Like, have you ever done multiple in-person on-site interviews with the same company and how many, right? Um, is it, you know, two? Are there people out there that have, that have done three or four interviews? I know there are. I want to hear from you. Um, have you gone through like the whole full interview process and then you hear absolutely nothing, just crickets? Um, for anybody who's recently done a job search and if you have been hired, how long did it take from the time you applied to the time you actually got the offer? And I would love to hear from HR because, again, my perspective was kind of a little unique. Um, if they have any insight as to why this happens or maybe um, even better, <laughs> some worst case scenario horror stories, um, but always looking for different perspectives, welcome and encourage. So, so yeah, let me know. Um, you can reach out through our Facebook group. It's Cafe Grit. Um, you can join that group and continue the conversation and you could message me there if you have any thoughts or comments. You can go to LinkedIn and follow hashtag Cafe Grit. And we'll have many posts out there, but you can also um, certainly direct message me in LinkedIn if you have any thoughts or suggestions. And uh, maybe we'll talk about them on air. I'd really love to get some, some insight from those of you who have been there in some way, shape, or form. All right, folks, I think we'll wrap it up here. Again, thank you so much for joining here today at Cafe Grit. Um, I really do appreciate it. I'm looking forward to your input. Um, I really wish I had some pie for you as a proper cafe would would probably have or a scone or something, but I don't. I wish I could give it to you virtually. Maybe we could be like in the future, like in the Jetsons or Star Trek. Someday I can actually virtually send you a piece of cherry pie. How awesome would that be? I must be hungry right now. Anyway, thanks so much for joining. Um, hang in there. Um, seek your fulfillment. And we'll talk to you on the flip side in episode three take it easy, everybody. Bye now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for stopping by Cafe Grit, where the moxie is fresh, the passion cold brewed, and everything is served with a heaping side of mojo. 
If you like what's on the menu, please check out the Cafe Grit group on Facebook, where I'd love to hear your feedback and continue these conversations. You can also find me on LinkedIn as Beth Ann Campbell, that's Anne with an E, or by following hashtag Cafe Grit. And I will be forever beholden if you would give me a quick review on iTunes to make the Apple gods happy. In return, I will wish upon you copious amounts of bacon, your favorite hot beverage, and of course, pie. The music for this podcast is called Lounge Cafe, and it's by Dmitry Baliev. You can find more great tunes by Dmitry and others at audiojungle.net. Check it out. Thanks again for stopping by, and remember, you don't have to deal with the bullshit, and there is something better out there. Let's figure it out together. Take it easy. Take it easy.